0: Welcome to season two of Launch Your Wealth. I'm Jonah Lemons, podcast host, business growth strategist, a real estate entrepreneur, and a mom of four sons and two daughters. My mission is to help launch 100 self-made success stories in 2021. Truly, I'm here to represent the minority stake as a woman entrepreneur through business ownership, financial education, and wealth empowerment. I am an underrepresented minority, a proud Canadian, bridging Canadian American business and surely paving the way in real estate, alternative investing and syndication. Thank you for tuning in once again and for being a big part of the inspiration that goes into sharing this open conversation with my featured guests, no matter where you are in this world. Just so you know, we are making it across the globe from USA, Canada, Germany, Norway, Australia, Russia Israel, Italy, Singapore, Philippines, and India. This is all for you. It is time to launch your version of success. This new year, I am featuring women entrepreneurs who have started from ground and launched their wealth. They are representing grit, strength, and lessons learned along the way. I am so honored and excited to feature Masha Klapanova, who entered the real estate world and has launched her success in self-storage commercial investing this year. Let's get this open conversation started now. Welcome to Launch Your Wealth. I am so excited. I have Masha Klapanova. I just love that name. It's like, it sits so like smooth, but yet tongue twister. So I am so excited today because you and I had a brief chat on the whole women and the real estate industry and all of the things that we can learn not just as being a woman but you know the whole transitioning and now we're amidst this covid and how relevant so first of all welcome to this podcast and i just really want to you know give this away to you this stage because you are in a unique scenario where you know where it comes to real estate. So welcome, Masha,
1: and tell us who is Masha. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Jonah, for introducing me and for inviting me in this wonderful podcast. Uh, I'm excited to share with everyone my story and how I end up doing self-storage investing. It's uh, not something everybody hears. It usually surprises people. Self-storage. Why, how, it's not common. And especially, like you said, Jonah, not a woman. Uh, it's definitely a rare situation. So me, I've I've studied for, I'm coming from Russia originally and I went to study in college in Chicago and then I went to uh, Miami. And I've studied for event production. So that's what my crazy passion and I loved it. I I was going to all these seminars and learning, and I I wanted to do weddings, and I wanted to do festivals, and I wanted to do conferences, and I wanted to do this and that, so many things. So I ended up doing so many. I was working geek here, geek there, and I was seeing these little older people, and they were still working so hard. And I was seeing myself being the age do I still have to work 16 hours a day? Because events, you know, they require early preparation and final, you know, breakdown of everything. I'm like, I, I don't wanna be like, like, when I'm there early, I wanna already have some wealth and worry about other things than making money. So that's where I could start considering real estate uh, in general. And I got my license as a real estate agent. So that's how it's all. Also- so you
0: have that aha moment when yeah. you saw what life could look like for you. Exactly. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Right? Like that turning point. So I love the fact that you come from this event planning industry because it is a lucrative industry before COVID, you know, <laughs> of course. it's a lucrative that- industry. I know a couple of people who, you know, who does it, but not in an enterprise level. Were you coming from an enterprise level or was it more of an entrepreneurial venture that you were just growing to that point before
1: COVID happened? So first of all, it's, it is lucrative, but it's such a small percentage of people. You can really make money. It's like when you, it's not exactly comparable to being artists, you know, artists, you can be successful, but it's such a small percentage of people, you know, can really get to those highs and make money. But I was, the problem with me, and I will speak about it later also, I was trying to do a little bit of everything. Uh, Instead of focusing on specific type of events, I was deepening everything, a little bit here, a little bit there, doing this, I was doing decorations, I was doing promotions, I was doing sponsorships, I was doing artist management, I was, and it's just all over place. I was trying to do some gigs with some other friends. I was also working for big events, totally all over place. And what the results I got, not the results I really wanted, not the results I really wanted. So uh, that's definitely was for me realization what's going on there. But at that point I didn't understood it. So when I pursued real estate, I started doing real estate sales, uh, rentals, apartment houses, uh and uh, then my broker was doing flipping, and I was like, that's interesting. So I participated with him, I was involved with him. I wasn't doing myself, but being involved, I was invested with him, but I was also helping him looking for properties. Um, and uh then I found out about wholesaling, I found out about this, find out about Airbnbs, I was subleasing apartments, I was renting and subleasing at some point when it was still legal here in Miami Beach. And uh so yeah, this was, again, I did the same mistake, being all over the place and doing a little bit of everything.
0: So the key word was being all over the place, wearing too many hats. That must have exhausted you somehow because I know a lot of people, you know, when you're, you're sharing your, your experiences, your life, or even your professional sort of experiences on social media, it all looks good, right? It seems like it all looks good. There's no stress. There's no mistakes. There's no, uh, you know, issues, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah, like yeah. It, it looks uh-huh. so good and polished up. So hearing the keyword, which is wearing too many hats, spreading yourself too thin, I'm sure that exhausted you at some point, And really, it pushed you to that aha moment. And, you know, I remember we were kind of just mentioning about the blessing in disguise. Where yes. you, you realize, wow, COVID happened. And now I'm transitioning. And so take us take us to that point, because you mentioned, you know, you started investing, you were working with a team, you were working with a broker. So it got you off the ground, right? To kind of look at real estate as, hey, this could be a business. This could be something that would lead me to my semi-retirement, which is really, there's no such thing in, in my personal opinion. I think if you love your job, you love your career, it doesn't feel like you're working but the mm-hmm. retirement I, I believe that we would reference on is really that wealth, you know, mm-hmm. the wealth to, to open up options, to travel, to have more time with our loved ones. So take us back when you started investing, whether it's, you know, just sort of getting you off the ground. How, how was that aha moment when you finally realized my niche is in the commercial, my niche is self-storage. Again, not too many women in this space. So this makes it really interesting. So take us there. And what were your, I guess, initial thought? And then that took you to, what lessons do I need to learn? Because someone listening right now may be thinking, I don't know if that's attractive. I don't know if that's sexy for me. So take
1: us there because I would love to hear that insight. Definitely. Sure. So I was doing... Still events, and I was doing real estate, a little bit of everything, like I said, and I was not getting those results. Um, and I was not trying to figure that. I thought I was an octopus, you know. I'm like I have so many of those how you call it, tentacles, and I'm like just I'm grabbing. I thought by doing so much, being all over the place in real estate and events, will get me somewhere. But I wasn't really, and I'm like, am I? Something is wrong with me. Something is wrong with me. And at that point, uh, to be very short, I met my, my boyfriend, my domestic partner, and uh, he has a family business in Haiti. And he offered me to start working with him at his uh, recycling company and uh, uh, mattress manufacturing. So total shift, total shift. And since I was burned out, to be honest, I was burned out. I kept my most important projects and we start going back and forth, Haiti, Miami and working in Haiti. I started working with him and the project management, developing different, creating new systems to be able for us also to work remotely from Miami. But that idea of real estate investing was not leaving obviously me. I already got a feel of it. So I'm like, we gotta do something. We gotta do something special. And uh, I was like, let's go back to flipping. So we start, considering flipping but commercial real estate there was always something about it always it's very sexy it's you see those usually you see that man with a suit and with a bunch of bags of money that's you know doing real estate commercial real estate investing so I started just like a little bit here trying like learning about it and but different a few of my coaches told me that you can't pursue commercial you can't it's not possible. You have to be first become successful in residential. And then after a few years, you can pursue. So I listened to them, but not completely. And then I met also this gentleman. He told me commercial real estate is just a couple num- zeros you have to add at the end of the numbers. That's it, a couple more zeros. I'm like, hmm, okay. So I started exploring different commercial asset classes. And uh, self-storage is just recession-proof. It was just right before the COVID. COVID. So we knew a recession was coming, but not as quick. So I'm like, of course, I love it. I love it that it's, uh, it not, doesn't require much maintenance. It doesn't require uh, simple management. And it's a special business. It's a real estate asset class, but it's also a business. So I decided to penetrate myself for one week, like I'm doing self-storage investing. And uh, I just, I fall in love. I fall in love in it. And I just drop everything real, residential related and 100%, 100% focused, clear, crystal focused, self-storage investing, and that's it.
0: So I'm, I'm still stuck with the fact that coaches told you you have to do re- residential, kind of build your track record. So what was that aha moment that made you rebel against that, if that's even the right word? Did you feel that you rebelled or you just trusted your gut instincts? Like, like I love commercials, so I'm I'm going to go into that. And then it just so happens that, you know, another person kind of just said to you, just add a
1: couple of zeros. It's really the same. Like, was that? I started because... I knew there's something, it's should I 100% trust them or not? So I started watching different YouTube videos, going to some webinars and uh, live shows on va- Facebook and asking commercial real estate investors, do you think it's possible to skip com- residential, uh, being successful in residential and go straight to commercial? I asked so many people, get so many different answers, so many different answers, and nothing could really really switch my mind is me truly a hundred percent it was my goal for one week mm. marcia you're just doing self-storage you forget about all other world that you've been and a hundred percent exploring just that not just dipping a little bit learning here but uh, totally and that's where i realized that's what i love because when you don't really put yourself in the position in a way you can't really understand it's like when they put us in the college and we have to decide why don't you just first try it in a way try it and really speak to real experts of it and get real feedback then you can really judge is it for you or not it could have been that i could have on the seventh day say you know what it's not really what i want to do but for me it was that's it new life new new just new goals in life you know yes and i just knew it's it's something I can get to my dreams, my big why and everything so much quicker than doing single family, then duplex, then triplex, and go and go and go. Yeah, That's
0: interesting that you're working in, you know, is it manufacturing? Would you call that as? Uh, in, it, it is. It is manufacturing, manufacturing yes. yes. And then the recycling. I mean, that's entrepreneurship in another way, you know, being able to do that. So you're yes. definitely very multi-skilled multi uh, you know knowledgeable uh, as i would say because i think with real estate it's it's really a, a creative play mm-hmm. right it doesn't take a special right do you agree i mean it exactly. doesn't really take a special thing whatever that thing is i think uh-huh. it, right like i think the thing is us right like yes. it's you wanting to do that it's exactly. you being smart so, exactly. you know, so I, I really think from hearing that, that that ignited that spark in you, and so what happened then? So you, you spent seven days, and you realized this is it. My life is changing, mm-hmm. and then from that time, how
1: many months did it take you to get to your first deal? So, I do not have my first deal yet. Not yet. So, Okay, not so yet. you're just transitioning. Not not we, we just had an offer, and unfortunately, the seller was not willing to negotiate. Well, your first so, deal is transitioning, because yeah, that's a big exactly. deal. That, exactly. That, that really is a big deal. I, exactly. I will tell
0: you from my own experience, when you change that mindset, and then you're changing a career path, that, that to me is the deal. Because oh, it doesn't yeah. really matter what industry you you jump into next. I think exactly. real estate is a vehicle. So I agree with you on the wealth and, and seeing how you can actually build that wealth through that in, investing platform that you want to take on. So, and then now you're saying is, we didn't, you know, we didn't make it to this deal, this current deal, right? Take us through that, that people that are listening going, I'm thinking of doing that. See, they think it's glamorous, right? They think it's like, you know, like you said, a guy with a bag filled with, you know, green money.
1: But really, there's a lot of work. There's research, oh, yeah. right? Oh no, right? It's so much. And why? One of the big reasons why I switched to commercial, with specifically self storage, it's it's teamwork. You have to. You can You can, but it's not really recommended it to do yourself you do it together with others. And when I was in the residential world, to be honest, I felt I was another competition to everybody. You know, they looked at me, oh, another one, another one is here, oh my God, you know. And with self-storage, I feel so much support. So much support. We're supporting because we know, I'm speaking with this investor, and who knows, one day we might partner on a deal. And that's what you do, you meet new people. And instead of going for something smaller, Right now, we will have two options with my domestic partner to go either uh, after smaller deals, which is self storage, you can find $200,000, $400,000 self storage. Not a problem. It's like a single family in Miami. So it's, it's totally possible. It's totally possible. But if you want to be smarter and scale faster, you partner with others. with bigger deals. So we're talking something around 1 million. So we are feeling much more confident to looking after around this price range with other people. And that's where you do a network. That's how I met you, John. And we're doing LinkedIn networking and developing all these different skills. They require so much time. I've been spending, to be honest, all my weekends and all my nights and everything possible, all possible time, understanding how to, Understand cell storage because it's business and it, it's not your just there's no blueprint. I've been looking for this blueprint to tell me, oh, this is deal, this is not deal. I've been looking, I've been YouTubing, I've been Googling it, I've been asking so many different experts. There's no single, it's such a creative uh, work and I've been getting such an understanding because there's so many little things here and this and this, this is really good. This is not really good. And then how you all put it together and what you do with it. You put an offer. That's what we did. We put a lower offer. We understood that would make sense. So it requires a lot of work, a lot of like Ryan Gibson. He is one of the biggest self storage investors. And he says you need to start at least six months to then pursue self storage. And in residential, you can go after it faster because there's less moving parts, let's say, less moving things, but obviously it will be much more rewarding. See, so you, you touched on multiple
0: things that I really wanna dive into. So the networking and building relationships and working with the team, absolutely 100%, 100%. Especially when you're in a space where it's already rare for females and for women to roll up their sleeves and get into. So I'm so glad that there's an actual network of women who are doing self storage investing. Second is yes, definitely. I think LinkedIn right now, the buzz is that we're hoping it's not going to change because it's such an undervalued or underestimated platform to really create these relationships and opportunities that's that's out there whether it's real estate or in general business third you're absolutely on point when you said it's a lot of work so take us through the work like what have you been doing like how do you do your research because obviously there is no blueprint i wish there was because i'm looking for one too right you know (laughs) whether you're doing self-storage or multi-family or even you know the whole fix and flip i think it has risks. Everything has risks. So, I mean, how do you, how do you position that when you're doing research, when you're talking to other fellow self-storage investors that's done it, you know, whether they've, you know, done multiple deals, what are the, the, the not to do's and the to do's maybe share with us, you know, a step-by-step, not a formula, but how you have approached it as Masha
1: beautiful beautiful so i'm coming from event industry so that's where you've been i've been doing a lot of networking a lot of meeting people putting people together so i definitely had people's skills people's i love people obviously real estate we're all about it's about people so connecting with individuals and getting different like not advices more tips and how they succeeded because I'm not going to be able to become successful like John did or like Mm Stacy did or like whoever did. It's going to be probably, it's going to be new, Marshall's success, but it's probably going to be more built from different a little bit of everybody's, uh, different pinpoints, different. So I constantly talk and follow up as well with all these successful, more or less individuals in the industry And that's where I'm starting forming my own opinion and understanding of how to pursue self-storage, how to evaluate it, how to underwrite it. So again, nobody gave me exactly how to do it. So learning a little bit from everybody, it's incredible. And people are willing to share. People have been really, really willing to share. So number one, yes, is networking here. Obviously, not only networking is just a little bit more getting to meeting new people it's about building relationships building it's following up i had been speaking with a successful gentleman for a while and i've been following up with him every month so last time when i followed up with him he had a deal for me he said he's gonna give me a first shot at it because he's not gonna take it he's gonna wholesale it and he considered me first that's where we actually wanted to that Uh, facility to pursue but unfortunately the owner was not cooperative so if I would not follow up with him at the moment I would not get opportunity this opportunity so that's how you're going to get your deals most likely that's how you will find your partner um I have a list of potential partners that said yes they either offered future partnership or they said yes to me asking if they would be interested in a future partnership And obviously, if I have just five people, there's a possibility they're going to say, no, 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 no. And what else? What I'm going to do next with this uh, expensive self-storage that we would not be able to take ourselves. But if I have much more than five people, I have so much higher chance of going with this incredible deal with someone who's already experienced. So it's like having in a way for me, it's going to be looking, having a mentor. I'd rather share my share of profits, but learn from them. So it's really, you have to have your mentor, but to get a mentor is not easy. And Mm -hmm. one of the ways is definitely finding a deal, which again requires building relationship and networking, finding a deal, putting it under contract, being able, obviously, to see a potential after speaking to many experts, and then you offering to another p- potential people who can you partner with. So that's a strategy that I will st- for it formed for me, again, after speaking to different experts. So we are here, we have access to them. LinkedIn, you can easily, if you have already a few mutual connections, I know you, John, I have some connections and I probably can connect with them. And most of the people have been willing to have a call with me. Or just, uh, it's rarely when somebody, very rarely when somebody said no. That's it, that's I would say number one, definitely thing. That's the number
0: one, yeah, number one strategy that's been working for you. I so agree with you because even coming back on LinkedIn, like I saw like how my experience even changed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's something that I would definitely recommend to those who are just starting out. And even if you feel, hey, I've been in this space of my business for a long time, I would say optimize that. I mean, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Twitter. But I really believe that in, in a social media platform, it's all, um, they all have their own characteristics, right? That's going to fulfill a particular goal, you know, whether you're in business, in real estate, you're, you're, you know, wanting to grow your sales, you want to grow your, you know, your messaging, your branding. Um, What's your take on social media? Like, have you had that experience for a long time? Or is it something you're getting into? Uh, Just because again, you know, being in a self-storage space, it's all about relationship building. It's all about who we talk to, it's it, the feeling of being in a team is so important right now, feeling connected, because I think, you know, with the pandemic, closures, restrictions, we all feel somehow we're human, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going we're gonna to want to talk to someone. And I like the fact that you pointed that out, which is, you know, being able to, to build that relationship and you saw the difference, right? Like you saw the growth in your networking. That's definitely key. I think research-wise, when you're doing due diligence in any property, whether it's self-storage or residential or commercial, you know, it all have like they they have their own you know set of of criterias uh, for due diligence. But I, I let me know if you agree and disagree. But I really believe when someone is looking at a deal, definitely do a pre due diligence on the numbers. You have to get the numbers right but it's a case by case because it has to meet what you want for that ROI. If you want to spend X amount of dollars to even renovate or fix it and turn it around, or what we call the repositioning, um, or particularly for your goal, like, are you a passive investor? Right. And it's something that you now have to build into a relationship where someone will be the operator, someone will be the manager, someone will be more active than you. So, You know, having said that, you know, uh, take us through that. Like what, what are these future partnerships and what are these current partnerships that you're looking at? What are some of those criteria that you felt you fitted in? And that's why it attracted, you know, this, this growth from your, from the time you launched being an event planner or in in the event planning business going into this now.
1: Great. So, as I understand your question is more understanding what criteria of self storage would attract other partners.
0: Yes. Correct? And, and how you fit in, 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 theirs, right? Because there's a give and take.
1: So it's really funny how I've been trying to figure out, you know, there's what you do. You see a facility, right? I mean, you see uh, a deal. And you first want to get that sniff test. Does it worth my time really exp- exploring it and like really sp- Put underwriting and spending hours of uh, due diligence, or should I just throw it away? So I've been asking many experts, what do you do? What are you, what are you really red flags? What do you look at? What you really attracted? So many people, everybody started giving me different answers. And it was overwhelming for me because I want to just like this and that, and that's it, right? But everybody has their such a different approaches to understanding and analyzing. And at the end I realized that there's Several three crucial parts that you have to look at. Obviously, it's numbers. What is cash flow, right? What is ROI? What are we really getting in return as of our investment? What's debt debt uh, service ratio? And uh, then you can just look at that. If you're in declining market, you can't do anything about it. You can't change it. So market, job growth, population growth are uh, highly looking at that. Uh, diversification of employers. The third aspect, in self, which is different from than any other commercial real estate, is uh, supply and demand. If there's already too many self-storages in the area for the population, you can't do anything about it. So understanding, actually, you can, you literally calling competition and seeing, are they full or are they giving you big discounts because they can't fill up there? storages so you look at those three aspects because, because operations you don't care about operations because that's where you're going to come in and add value and put proper operations put proper management you don't care as much as of the condition because you can fix it that's where you're going to add value that's where we actually look at bad management bad website or no website at all or you can even find it on google if you can't find Right now, one of self-storage experts, A.J. Osborne, he has his own podcast, podcast. I admire him. He says that in self-storage, if I lost my train of thought Uh, thinking about him. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Where can they find him for for Uh, people interested in self-storage? Yeah, A.J., he has his own podcast, Self-Storage Income. Oh, nice! He talks about he is so smart. He looks at it as a business aspect. So love that. Yes, I think we forget that it's a business too. No, it's a, right? it, it is a retail business. It, it is really a is business. and it's it really it has is. advantages, especially tax advantages of real estate. So that, that is one thing I'm learning deeply, going into the
0: syndication market. It may mm-hmm. not be self-storage, but it's, it's quite fascinating to me. I never thought I'd go in that direction to even be interested in mm-hmm. education multifamily apartment investing. And yeah. really to be, a, you know, as an open learner, I, I suppose is what I'm saying is that it's, it's fascinating to me to see that, you know, it doesn't matter what type it is. It's like, it's a business. And I think we chatted about that too. Like people need to consider that, you know, the real estate has its operations. That's a business. It has to ha- have a business framework, management systems, a way to automate a lot of things to create those efficiencies. So, you know, with
1: what you said, that's a keyword right there. It's a business. It's a retail business. I remember what I was trying to say, talking about Google business. Before, it was so important to be on the main road, to be, uh, have a high visibility, right? Nowadays, everybody will go to look for storage where? On their phones, on their phones to, to, they're gonna go to Google Maps and look and sell storage near me. And so many moms and pops still in self storage, they don't have their Google business, can't find them. And AJ Osborne said, that 80, about 80% of his tenants' clients come from Google, come from online, not from the signage, self-storage. No. So we have, when you find a facility that's not on Google, that doesn't have a website, that you can't book online, it's such a cheap ad value, such a cheap ad value. That's why we love self-storage. and. Like you were mentioning about what criteria my my potential partner is looking for, it's also expansion. If you have a facility of twenty thousand square feet and you have some a little bit some land, you can add another ten, another twenty thousand, easily. If it's non climate controlled, it's so easy. It's just steel and concrete. I mean, the door. It's comparatively so simple to any other real estate. So another way you can easily double your income by just expanding, putting that concrete in those doors and, and you can double your value and you can then refinance and get your money back. So it, it's comparatively easy. It's really about finding the deal and making it happen. And you can, self-storage historically had the highest returns because also in the downturn, when we have bad times right now, self-storage it's f- so fruitful. They're doing so do fine. do you think it's recession proof? There's no recession proof things. There's nothing recession proof. There's recession resilient, recession resilient. And it's been proven only in the beginning because self-storage is also essential business. It's your commodity. You can't one day in the morning wake up and say, "Oh, I dream to rent a self-storage unit." Right? You don't. It's something usually you put in situation like you're divorced, you know, you have to downsize, you have to move, you have you have a death somewhere, or your business went from retail to Amazon selling. So where are you going to put your stuff? I I like that it's it's
0: recession resilient. Just wanted to emphasize that. Yes. I would say, you know, being able to, to, you know, kind of still function in any economy, right? It's being able to, to still function as a business because there is a need. You pointed out really, really like key, like keywords. You know, you're talking about being able to, to have this demand, you know, the changes, it, it, you can pivot around this business because someone is going to need it. One way Mm -hmm. or another. And Mm -hmm. you know, and and I wanted to kind of add on to that because I actually became interested in this concept of self-storage, the industrial warehouse Uh idea, because this was months back. It was a conversation, aha moment, because Uh I'm also in the real estate tech. I'm, you know, kind of taking real estate combining that with technology and technology to me is just like real estate. You know, there's, um, it's hard to explain in, in a, in a nutshell, I would say it's about systems. It's about having that framework yep. and that's where we're headed in the next 10 years. There's going to be massive change. So how is that related to self-storage, which we were saying, and I didn't mean to, to, to suddenly butt in there, but I just wanted to get it out because It is there. Everyone needs to kind of see this. It is there. The the e-com business, Amazon, they are rolling out about a thousand retail offices or shops, I would say. I mean, that's that's an indication, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas all the other retailers are backing out. Mm -hmm. There's a hint there right? So if you're not paying attention to that, it's probably going to leave you behind. You're going to miss the wave. At least that's what I think. And to kind of put it into perspective coming from me, and then you can pick it up from there again, because I just wanted to, to kind of say self-storage, the warehouse, supply chain, all of that, the concept of it is that there's going to be growth and it is a retail, it is a business. And if that's something you as an investor can figure out, oh my gosh, there's the future for you. So take it away again, M- Masha, because I, I just wanted to kind of share that because thank you, this no, thank conversation, you. like, you know, this conversation is so insightful. And mm. for those that are just sort of woman or man, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a conversation that You know, someone like me and someone like you can get into this. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. It's
1: all walks of life, you know? Every, honestly, everybody can start investing in self-storage. And again, you can find, you can start with like 30 units. I mean, it's not, I would say the fastest route. Like you can do the same as you do in residential, right? You buy single family and then do place and you grow. You can do the same in a self-storage. Or you can actually do extra work. You can find deals. You can wholesale them. You can do same wholesale where you can make extra buck and then invest in your deal. Or you can find a deal and then partner with others. So the technology, I was just speaking with another self-storage investor who just got his facility a few months ago. He has never been there. He has never been there. The technology is just unbelievable in self storage. It's when people start talking about touchless, touchless self storage being pretty much touchless, because you can have all this, you can you get in the car, you can open the lock with the phone with the, the gate, sorry, the gate. That's then you right. You have, that's right. And you get to your unit and you can get a grand access with the special lock on your gate if it's this more upgraded storage when you have regular locks, it's not like that. But there's you can be completely no, no contact less. There's uh, facilities that are completely automated, automated. There's no managers there. Actually, in smaller facilities, uh, financially-wise, it doesn't make sense to have a full-time manager. In bigger facilities, yes. But it's still, there's already big companies, so storage companies, that don't have in big facilities any managers. They don't require that. So oh, you can have a territorial manager. You can just you you can have a territorial manager. So we call those boots in the ground. Mm-hmm. someone when there's some issues or some go check something out or if somebody's not paying you have to lock them out if you don't have that electronic uh, again lock so there is the technology you you go so you just book online there's no requirements for anything exchange of anything so it's wonderful the technology allows us to get right now everything with self-storage like i said you don't need to be there people just work a couple hours a week storage, So it's a really, it's not a passive investment. Uh, if you, you first, you have to build all those like you said, systems, you have to put all those systems in place. And then you have to be able, if you want to grow, you have to be able to repeat them. If you have that manual in a way that you created, you can repeat and keep going. And that's where successful self storage investors do. They be able to repeat what they've done before and it's easy, it doesn't require extra work, it's been done. So technology allows us to do that, 100%. I started with all this uh, endeavors of cell storage with all completely virtual world. I we, I just attended a cell storage conference, virtual. I wish there it was supposed to be in Las Vegas this spring, which they say it's the, one of the best things, but unfortunately we couldn't do that. So. I've been attending what I all possible virtual events webinars meeting people following up and that's because of technology we can do it we weren't be able to do so much before covid actually because not everybody were forced to be online now everybody became forced all the experts became online so they were all reachable and you can zoom them and do everything that's the that's the beauty. That's the, what you have to always adapt to what, where you are. And I can say that in that manner, uh, this situation does this world circumstances help me. Uh, I don't have to spend somewhere and go to this conference, spend my time, energy. And then you, you get all those business cards and you have to you know, follow up with them and go where at the virtual you right away, you connect with people. Right there. So, And, and, and
0: what, I, what I'm liking, too, is the fact that, you know, we can look at COVID as a, a really bad thing, which, again, so many lives affected by this. School closures, layoffs, but maybe it's a wake-up call, too. It's a wake-up mm-hmm. call for maybe someone that's been thinking of transitioning. Maybe it's a wake-up call for someone that maybe is in the midst of, hey, I want to grow my... Business, but they've just been complacent, and now it's an added fire you know and and like you said, now everything is so virtual it's so reachable. I mm-hmm. love that I have experienced that myself, where I was supposed to attend con- you know you, your usual year to year, but now I'm appreciating this you know being able to just use zoom or go on Facebook lives and you know, kind of connect more in a a efficient manner. You know, if you have a question, it's so much more, you know, uh, how do you say efficient to use and you get, you know, you get the job done versus if you have to to drive and fly. I guess Mm -hmm. my my question on this is, you know, you mentioned about, you know, this conference. Uh, Is that something that you would recommend to people that are just getting started to look at, you know, this space of self storage, uh, going into commercial real estate. Is that something that you would recommend because you had such a great experience? And, you know, what's your take on, you know, going back to a post COVID? Would you still be interested in attending conferences or do you prefer the whole, you know, just being uh, virtual?
1: No, of course we want some real contact with people. But it's more, we put in this situation, we cannot do anything about it. And you for we still have to be able to build relationships. And the thing is many people, I would say, they attend these webinars, these virtual events or whatever it is, and they don't contact these people that they met or those other participants. You don't have to contact the speaker, which you should also be doing uh, if you can, uh, but <laughs> participants. <laughs> I usually see people in the comments and I actually copy their name and then see kind of go connecting with them on LinkedIn. And I know I've had, I don't know, maybe one person the whole time done it to me. They saw me like, no, not, not one, a couple of times. People found me in comment section and they added me and then they followed up where well, I do that all the time. Why? Because that person really commented they probably have interest in this and they may not specifically sell storage it's also related multifamily because we're really we're similar we're in the same world of commercial real estate investing i you have to take advantage of those you can you can go just to conference maybe listen to a couple of presentations it's awesome you will learn it but the main gist is really go connect with those people and i don't know not not that many do, do that because i would love to speak somebody who has the same interest and uh, we can brainstorm things and who knows one day what we can do who one thing is also to ask at the end of the call which i don't do all the time but who do you know else who do you know who i should contact or well, i've had an experience most recently where
0: they're so gracious and asked me, do you have a specific ask? I was like, me, (laughs) specific ask. (laughs) I'm like, well, you know, is this Christmas? No, I'm I'm kidding. It's like, that was a very straightforward and you would think, Oh, practice etiquette. We don't ask for anything. But for me, if somebody was to ask me, I'm always open to share what I can because coming from where I, you know, being a woman, Mm -hmm. we have a minority stake in this space somehow, whether we want to be politically correct has nothing to do with that. Um, But yeah, yeah, from my own observation, from what, 15 years plus from where I started, it's predominantly, you know, not women. And (laughs) I feel like the minority stake, you know, we're on that end. <laughs> um, I think it's gracious enough to say, what can I do? Right? Who can I refer you to? But when you're being asked what's your specific ask, I just feel like, wow, like that's wow. so rare, right? Because mm-hmm. I can have a specific ask. Like you said, who else do you know? You know, do you know anyone that would be interested in this particular subject or deal or things like that. And I think now with COVID, and, and tell me if you agree or not agree, because it's, it's an open conversation. Um, what do you think of that? You know, having the etiquette to, to bring value and, oh, yeah. you know, expect it back? Oh, yeah. Or is it something that you say, hey, it's going of compound somehow. So if I'm giving and I'm sharing, I know eventually it's going to come back to me. I mean, I, I, I believe that too. Like when I'm helping people, I really try not to have any other expectation except that you're a decent human being.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, no, 100%. And I would say it's, I try to do my best and what I can for others. So example I will give, I was speaking with this gentleman investor who'd been investing in multifamily and he decided to sw- switch to sell storage And he said that, oh, he spoke with this lender regarding SBA because we get SBA loan also, which is small business administration loan for since it's business. And he said he spoke and they said, they told him this and that and this. And I told him, "Uh, my lenders didn't tell me that. Uh, How many lenders have you spoken to? And he said, "Uh, one. I'm like, let me send you an email with four other contacts that I know and uh, contact them Hi. and now he is working with one of them and getting his self-storage deal on the, uh, making it happen. Because I was really truly, I was so happy to be able to bring value because I would say of me, he's right now getting an awesome loan interest and lots of awesome uh, terms for his loan because he had options. Before he had no option, he would have gone other route which would not be as lucrative for him. So this is, I, I try to add value as much as I can. I'm techy. I always try to actually sh- share some knowledge that I have in the tech regarding tech wise. So I would say, and I don't expect from him to uh, help me back. It's just giving my best, I would say. It's more about giving what I can. If I can't give anything in the moment i'm i'm not gonna try sometimes i was like let try to squeeze out at the moment i can but i know in the future i may and like you said i don't ask uh right away people for something no uh it's first you have to like build some relationship with the person and then you never know you can get offered uh something it's yeah you have it's to feel people. the vibe you have to feel the vibe exactly. right like it's the
0: etiquette too, right? I think it's, it's best practice to have that etiquette and, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, I don't, I try not to judge even on this virtual world we're in right now. When someone says something to me, you know, like it's, it's such human nature to judge like, what is, is this person spamming? Is this person sending like, <laughs> you know, of course. a sales pitch? Like There's I try one. not to do that, but I do see the difference with, you know, having bots having the, the in-mail, you know, if you're using LinkedIn, um, Facebook, I mean, it's a different beast, I think, uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, I've just recently really kind of went in there and tried to to engage and learn, you know, I'm such an open learner too, so I try my best to kind of keep up, like, hey, that's something new, I'm curious, but, you know, like you're saying, you can Google, you can go on YouTube, you can, you know, so the curiosity, when you feed the curiosity, it really leads you to the next level. I, I really believe that. And, you know, for those that are new and just kind of tuning into real estate, it seems hard. It seems kind of complicated. Like it's too fancy. It's too like, oh my gosh, do you need a college degree for that? Do you need, you know, so let's, let's talk a little bit about, you know, being in this next generation the millennials um where it's headed college education financial literacy because we were talking about you know sba loans a lot of people may not be familiar with that now if i may add it's a really 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 good opportunity to take a look at that exactly there's so much opportunities in that i'm not an expert on that so i can't even really talk about it on this episode but maybe I will bring someone that can talk about that because you pointed out that is a very important financial literacy. I think a lot of the younger people should start tapping into that, whether you're still in high school, whether you're in college, whether, you know, you're in your early twenties and you think you're just, you know, starting out in life. What's your take on that? What would you say to your 18 year old self based on what you know now? Second is, what best route or advice can you share as far as financial education and what would you say as far as, irregardless of pandemic and COVID, how hard is it to start
1: a real estate path or how easy? Deep questions. A deep question, <laughs> <Lena>. <laughs> we just got another hour here. Right, right. So
0: let, let's let's do a, a summary version because maybe yes. you will talk about it on the next episode. And maybe we'll have many more. Because your journey to it, I think, is so relatable. So take away the self story. Your journey, you know, as this entrepreneur, investor, somebody transitioning from a career different space you happen to be a woman that to me is so relatable today so why not why not have this open conversation so take us in what would you say to your 18 year old self or 20 year old self because at 18 i think we're still trying to figure things out but i think by the time you reach 20 you're kind of having a better sense yes you know financial education what can most young people do, and when I say young, you know, you could be in university, you could be a newly graduate, you know, mm-hmm. college student, uh, looking for work now. Mm-hmm. But this is a rough time to look for work. Um, and and you know, what does it take? I mean, is it that hard? Is
1: it easy enough to get into real estate? One definitely point will be no matter in a way what you do you should be doing real estate investing uh as a passive investing you don't have to be so active doing and putting all the risk and you can just passively invest and you can start with some very small projects so that's where you, there's no really other way of becoming wealthy obviously you can for example, who can create Facebook or Instagram? There's only that many people can do that successfully. It's real estate. There's, some, there's no more other industry than real estate that people became wealthy and financially free. That's what we're all pursuing. So doing real, who you have to be somehow investing into real estate. So that's definitely, I wish I was learning it while I was doing events, while I was pursuing some of it, not 100%. 100%. Just, yeah, totally. Totally. It's just with you, unfortunately, perception, and that's what my perception was. And I'm pretty sure some, it's those only big guys who can afford this to do real estate investing. You hear, oh my God, it's those millionaires, billionaires that can do that. But it's not true. Unfortunately, we, the world, in a way, doesn't know that still. And especially us women, younger women, especially students. Uh, so it's so possible. Another my tip will be what I will say, like you said, when I was 18, is to be focused. You know, doing so many things at the same time, and uh, it's, you have to be intentional you have to be intentional. And if you put all your efforts into one force, you will get big results. Or you, you said will get a keyword. Little, you, you said a keyword there, like that intentional.
0: intentional. That is exactly the mantra I have decided for the past two years
1: is to be intentional. And the, and the, the thing about it is you can also be intentional, but you can be, you can be busy. You can be all day working on real estate investing, but you have to be always remembered to be powerfully in action intentionally. Make sure you're doing the most important thing that you can bring you the most important results, which is 80-20 rule, Pareto uh, rule, because it's so easy to get busy. You think you're working hard, you're doing, and, but it doesn't. I have to stop myself so many times i see some deals i start analyzing them so deeply where i should be focusing on most important and see have to communicate with brokers it's so many things you have to be so on point really to get those results so being intentional and knowing what's that most important thing that will give you the most important results will bring you that wealth and that's after listening to different audio books, podcasts, YouTube, different, having several coaches. I've been having a, a high performance coach, a high per, uh, that's based in life in general, to be able to, be, to get here. Because you can be distracted and even though you think you do the right thing, talk to others. I always ask one thing, I'm doing this, this, this to experts. Do you think I'm doing the right? What would you do in my shoes uh, again, asking several people and getting your own creating your own opinion about it and see what works for you, finding your strength right? So I know I'm really good with tech and putting those systems, so I'm going to be really and then maybe I'll find a partner who is better with accounting and who'll be taking over that part so I would say definitely finding those mentors, if you can't find mentors, at least speak to those experts and uh, be intentional. Like you said, I think John. when
0: I think when we're younger, you know, like you're saying, the good busy instead of the bad busy. Mm-hmm. So you're creating productivity. Mm-hmm. Definitely creating leverage. Like you said, if you're good at one thing, find someone that would be good on another yeah. that you know you're not and so you're really creating a team. So mm-hmm. I think when you're 18, 19, 20 or even during, you know, college years, I don't think we we have a sense of direction yet to know that we're going to need those strategies, you know? That's what I learned about myself like now I'm reflecting back and I'm like, yeah, I could have done all of this back when I was 20, but our mindset and the environment we were in no. it wasn't pushing that or it wasn't like you know, like the blinking light, it wasn't like in front of us blinking. No, it was like, go ahead, navigate through life. Oh, we're still young. We got to enjoy, we have to hang out with friends and we have to travel, right? So it's not bad, not at all. But I think what COVID really put in front of us is that blinking light. So for people that are, you know, going, oh my gosh, like, what am I gonna do? I can't find work amidst all of this. Or someone that is working that's maybe, you know, already in their thirties, forties, fifties and going, I need to transition. And you said, you know, a, a good point there, which is when you're younger, right? You're, you're kind of like doing so many different things. You're not really as focused, but on a contrary, that is what being young is, is tendencies we're not focused. So I think, you know, for, for the younger women, you know, that, that is tuning in they can definitely take your you know, word for it because you came from that. You know, the whole wearing 10 different hats and thinking that the more you grab up things, the more productive and you'll see this massive result. And the misconception, that whole point where let's not have a misconception thinking that before you get into real estate, you have to have a lot of money or yep. you have to know everything. That is false. That is a myth.
1: Exactly, right? and I agree with you. That be no matter bold. what career, yes, be bold. Yes, be bold. We, I was why well, I wasn't taking commercial real estate because it looked scary. It looks too big. But no, when actually I took that bravery and I just, that's it. Let's do it. You took a leap. You took a leap. Yes. And the rest you is do it. Yes, yeah, because now you're not looking back.
0: Oh my what God! What you're doing now is moving forward. So what is the least thing that can happen to you if you do take a lead? Exactly. You know, the the risk itself will always exist. You know, and I I have this quote, I say, you know, the biggest risk is doing nothing at all. (laughs) Right? Nothing at all. So I think you even pointed out, even if you are in a different career, everyone should be educating themselves about investing, about real estate, doesn't matter what asset class, an asset class meaning what type it is, could be self-storage, could be passively investing with other investors. Mm-hmm. Or it could be starting small like wholesaling or and, and that's another topic that can be covered, you know, wholesaling or you know, buying a, a, a property like a residential property and, and renovating it. And and maybe you know, tap into your closest group in your network, could be family, could be with friends starting out small projects,
1: right? There's like, so many options. There's so many options. We don't know there's so many options. I had no idea that there's even the word wholesaling existed before. And a lot of people are
0: going, what do you mean by wholesaling, right? So yeah. wholesaling, right? Wholesaling just basically means you're either working with distressed properties and, and motivated sellers. And so now you're yeah. getting under contract and you're able to find an actual designated buyer for it. So again, it's, it's very complex, but it's simple enough. And I guess the, the bottom line, Masha, that, you know, I'm trying to, to really point out is that the entry way, the entry price to real estate
1: and financial education is really free. Exactly. It's not expensive. And exactly. And we, there's a uh, self-storage coaching by Michael Wagner. Which is only fifty dollars a month, I'll be honest, it's very affordable uh there's very expensive coachings, but this is very accessible, so anybody being a college student, you can afford it and you can start pursuing it it's the entry level is there. it's, it's you can there's you you can enter this industry it's not like it's presented to us oh it's no oh, anybody oh, yeah get- don't
0: focus on on you know, the fluff,
1: because uh-huh. I think that's
0: what's happening, right? Like people are seeing, like you said, Bentleys and big mansions, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. so they're, they're having this false belief that, mm-hmm. oh, I have to do that. So then they give up already. They're like, no, 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 that's, that's not attainable. But what we're saying is, young or older, this is attainable. The entry level or the entry way is so accessible. And mentorship, you know, going into these, um, how do you say it? You can have a physical mentor where you're bringing value back to them or what, what Masha and I are also referencing on is there's programs out there now that's online and you can pay a membership and you get access to, you know, specific content that will add on to take your learning opportunities to the next level. So Mm -hmm. now really when you're going through that program, At the end of the day, it's really our actions that determine that.
1: So we have to put it to use. That's the only way. Taking those actions and trying. Don't be afraid of failure. Uh, It's all accessible to us. Uh, We can do that. And women, we can do that so much. Uh, uh, Self-storage and the commercial is not, there's not many women. And that's why we believe maybe it's not for us.
0: Right. That's
1: why we're here. I would, I really, my, one of my biggest dreams is I wish I had some women when I was in the early 20s, right? Or even then teen, uh, late teens come and say, no, you can do it. You can do it, Masha. You know, there is.
0: Would we have listened though. <laughs> <We> have
1: <laughs> listen, I don't know. I don't think anybody really like in a way that, could say, "Oh, you know, you can be a real estate investor." No, it's it's was not there, unfortunately. So I, I hope more women and just in general, any anybody can hear that that belief. It's not possible. It all depends on you. You don't have to have a bunch of money. You don't have to have a big network or a rich uncle or somebody. There's so many right now. You can opt right others people's money. Uh, you can use others people's money to get real estate. That's the OPM. Start very small or actually go wholesale, find a facility, wholesale it, make money and then invest it in your other future. There is options. It just depends on you. If you decided to take one of the option or not, that's it. This is,
0: yeah, this is like, this is a crazy privilege to have you at Launch Your Wealth, launching your next level opportunities, Masha, for, you know, being a woman, being in the self storage space is such an amazing niche. And I cannot wait to see what unfolds because we are entering the next decade. I don't know if anybody's listening, but the next decade is around the corner. We're actually on it already. 2020 has made such an impact. But like you said, you know, you have options. We are not here trying to just make it difficult for us. It's, Mm -hmm. The access is there. It's a matter of taking the steps, taking a leap, going into that process and allowing that to kind of sink in and ignite something in you. And, and that's what I've learned, you know, with this episode with you is that that ignited you to really go into it. And, and you can tell when someone is really like, just so passionate about something and, and I could see that about you and you know,
1: you know, share with us where they can find you on social media. Of course, we've been talking about LinkedIn. It's Masha Klapanova, M A S H A K L A P A N O V A. You're there, I'm the only one with that name. And uh, that's you can find me also on Facebook, you can find me on uh, Instagram. Anywhere, I think it's social media is such an easier way to reach out. So find me anywhere, I'm everywhere. But LinkedIn, I would say it's. Uh, the best platform uh, for to for me to get to so know. if there's
0: anyone there with deals, <laughs> you can yeah. find her. And you yeah. said your name way sexier than I did. So <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? We're gonna have many more episodes because now I am going to be tuning in and seeing how this industry and for women that yeah. are bossing their goals, bossing real estate, and definitely you are one of them. And so I'm so grateful you're here, you spent this time. And you know, again, you're welcome to, to join me on another episode because we have so much to talk about. We've literally, I, I, I suppose we summarized everything because it's such a deep conversation. There's so many more that can go into this and it doesn't have to be just self-storage. You know, it could be about networking. It could be about how we use technology in, in our business so mm-hmm. i so look forward to that next opportunity opportunity with you so um last you know last word what would be your current books that you would recommend to women that oh, resonate?
1: i mean my life-changing book is the one thing uh is i have yet to read that i was so hesitant to read because it the one thing for me, it was totally the opposite of me. I was doing so many things. So I read the one thing, and that's where I also chose self storage, just self storage. Because I'm like, oh, my mobile home parks, oh, multifamily, oh, this and that. It's so much attraction for other asset classes, but no. I'm sticking to just self-storage. So the one thing, it's not only about selecting, selecting what you do, be focused. So this is definitely number one book that just shifted the way who I am right now and who I am, who people know me as. They know me as self-storage already investor. So that's definitely book to read for everybody to achieve, to be intentional and achieve true results.
0: And there you have it. Masha is going to dominate her niche and represent women investors in the self-storage industry. Let's keep breaking the barriers. And if you'd like to join Launch Your Wealth Inner Circle, it is every Thursday via Zoom. Send us an email, Jonah at LaunchYourWealth.com. You will receive a private invitation. All you need is yourself, your positive energy, and a growth mindset. We are all in this together. Until the next episode, I will see you in my inner circle.